Welcome to Exploring Beyond the Edge with Dr. Cynthia Andrews. Are you ready to explore the conscious path around you? Open your heart and mind and awaken your curiosity? You've stopped into the right place. Now, here is your host, Dr. Cynthia Andrews. Hi there, this is Cynthia Andrews. Well, welcome and thanks for showing up today. We really appreciate you your being here. So, you know, my co-host Colin and I were sitting here in front of a nice fire and hope that you can pull up your chairs and, and relax and just enjoy the conversation. Um, this is a 13-week program overall, and um, we're going to be every Monday night at 7 p.m. and hope that you can make um, a number of those programs. So what we're going to be doing over that 13 weeks is developing and using our energy senses to more fully engage ordinary situations, you know, kind of like being in over your head by hosting a radio program, and investigating non-ordinary events like having your cat who has passed over meowing in the mornings and waking you up. Um, So the discussion that we're going to be having that, you know, Colin and I are going to be co-hosting Um, we're hoping that everyone listening will really want to contribute, you know, either by calling in at 888-346-9141 or by emailing questions and comments to energyexplorations at gmail.com. And thanks so much to all of the people who contacted us recently with your support. Um, You know, really, really kind words came towards us. And truthfully, it's going to be your questions and your contributions that make this discussion one we really all want to be a part of. So for those of you who don't know me, I'm a licensed naturopathic doctor and energy intuitive. I started in the field of alternative health almost 35 years ago as a massage therapist, you know, which is really where my energy awareness um, began to be developed. I've authored four books and co-authored an additional four books, and you can check them all out on my website, explorationsinenergy.com. You might have a little trouble getting there. Not all the SEOs see us right now. But before we go any further, let me introduce my co-host, Colin Andrews. And, you know, really, he doesn't need much of an introduction, as he's really quite well known. But he's my husband, and he's also my most steadfast supporter, and I'm very grateful that he's joining me in these discussions, because we're really very passionate about the the programs we're going to be presenting, and I'm I'm very grateful that he's here with us. So, Colin, Hi, Cynthia. Well, thank you very much, and... uh Imagine bumping into you here once again. <laughs> right, every corner we meet one another. Um, well, uh, I'm an electrical engineer by profession, although I'm better known as a researcher into the crop circles and the term that I coined back in the early 80s. Um, I was a senior official in regional government in central southern England and uh, was promoted through the ranks and it was during one of my higher level meetings that I was on the high ground traveling to that meeting and saw a crop circle near Winchester in Hampshire, England, which uh, changed everything for me. I know we're going to be talking about, you know, the impact of such experiences on us and how we react to those. But I gathered data, uh, joined Pat Delgado then working uh, for the Mariner uh, project for NASA, Um, a light aircraft pilot, Busty Taylor, from the same town of Andover in Hampshire, where I lived, and Dr. Terence Meaden, a meteorologist and uh, 
also an, an electrical engineer. Uh, we started the first serious research into the crop circles, gathered much of the data, uh, which is still very much central to the subject today. And in advising the Queen at the time uh, and the um, Prime Minister Margaret Thatcher's cabinet, uh, that sort of led me to travel effectively to write the first book on the subject, which became a bestseller in 1983, and uh, 12 other books that followed in various subjects as crop circles morphed into the ne by necessity into the UFO, and then both subjects morphing once more in the latter years, the last 20 years, in fact, into consciousness. And I think you and I have seen both of our journeys down this extraordinary road as connecting and interconnecting often as we've finished up here today uh, together once again in front of a, a microphone and I believe at a crossroads for humanity itself. Well, thank you, Colin. And so, you know, some of the things that we have experienced, some of the people that we've talked to, all of this stuff we're going to be sharing over the next 13 weeks of the program, um, you know, and exploring daily situations. We're going to be having guests coming in to help us use our energy skills in things like consciously communicating, executing leadership, becoming healthier. Um, you know, and then we're also going to talk to people who've had near-death experiences, who... Um, have experienced some of the what we might call paranormal side of life um, as you know we have had those experiences and I think everybody has had those experiences so we're really hoping that you will call in and share some of yours with us um, you know in the first show we're setting the frame framework for the shows to come <clears throat> and um, so, you know, maybe we should start that by talking about how I myself got interested in energy awareness. Um, well, certainly, I mean, to perhaps, you know, to explain that would be good, yeah, to explain subtle energy, for example, uh, you know, how you got interested in sure, that. Sure, sure. So, my interest really began with the death of a sick rabbit. I was a young child, um, I'm not sure how old, maybe eight, maybe nine, and I was holding my pet and looking into one of his eyes when he died, and so one minute... I had the experience of being connected with and being perceived by another intelligence. And, you know, rabbits actually really are very intelligent. And in the next moment, I watched as light just left his eyes. And with that light gone, I felt profoundly alone. It was just a complete disconnect. And really, that was the beginning of my quest to understand the substance of life. You know, I was sure from that that there was more to reality than the physical world. Um, of course, I never expected that that would become and direct my choice of career, um, but I think we often don't see the path that we're on until we've gone, gone a ways on it and then look backwards. But at that time, I just knew that there was some mysterious substance that enlivens physical matter and imbues it with consciousness, and I wanted to know what that was. So I read books that my parents had around. They were very interested in Edgar Casey. I started sitting in in restaurants with my friends, looking at people and trying to see their auras, which I'm sure did not go down very well. But long story short, I learned that what what we can call this subtle energy is life force, and that some concept of an energy life force exists in every culture in the world. And the concepts may not be identical because the cultures aren't identical. So we can't say, for example, 
that the chi of Asian medicine, of acupuncture, is the same as the prana of Ayurvedic medicine. But nonetheless, they both describe an energy basis to life and a method to interact with it for better health. And, and every culture in the world, every indigenous culture in the world has such a concept. You know, so often people will ask me, well, what value is there in developing our energy senses? You know, why would we want to do this? And, you know, of course, we can talk about how it makes us more intuitive because it does, how it helps us be more authentic because it does, how it helps us to be healthier, to reduce stress because it does. Um, and we can talk about it helps us live from the heart. But to me, the real value is that through energy awareness, we connect more fully to life. And I think that many people, certainly myself, went through the early part of my life feeling very isolated and alone. And becoming how aware we are energetically connected to the rest of all life, you know, knowing that we are part of something bigger helps us feel that we belong. And all of us need that awareness. So in tonight's program, we're really establishing constructs that we can use in the future shows to explore other topics. And so, you know, constructs um, allow us to have a common language. They, they allow us to, to talk from a common base. They change with time and new information. And so the more people that contribute to the show, the more developed our constructs will become. Um, but right now, you know, what Kyle and I are asking you guys to do is to stipulate that the five concepts that we're going to present are true. And when you hear them, some of you are going to say, yeah, of course, absolutely those are true. Always knew that. I live that way. And others are going to say, absolutely not. That is ridiculous. Or maybe you'll, you'll believe some of them and others you won't. But for the people who really don't, what we're asking is that just for the next 13 weeks, you suspend your disbelief. That you suspend your disbelief and ask yourself, what if these things are true? What changes in my life if these things are true? Very important. Very important. The what if, I think just those two words, what if, opens the door and has the tremendous potential of moving us forward. And collectively, if these are shared experiences, they're that much more powerful. You know, so many of us have had experiences and we both have shared experiences, which, uh, you know, is, is paramount to us. Um, but I, perhaps we cover this in more detail as the program mm -hmm. uh, continues. Mm -hmm. Okay, so stipulation number one, everything in the universe exists as a vibration of light. David Baum, the father of quantum physics, tells us all matter is frozen light. Einstein tells us matter and energy are the same substance, differentiated only by the speed of vibration or frequency of the photons. The electromagnetic spectrum measures different electromagnetic frequencies of light that we are able to detect with our senses and through technology. And there are far more frequencies out there than what our current technology measures. Stipulation number two, the universe is holographic in nature. Now, we all know holograms as three-dimensional you know, three photographs or key fobs. We see them everywhere. And if there are pictures of people or animals, their eyes follow us as we move. But did you ever wonder why the eyes follow us? Well, so here's the thing. If you tear a holographic 
picture in two, you won't have two halves of the picture. You will have the same picture duplicated twice with one big difference. Each picture will be from the perspective of the side that it came from. So no matter how many times you tear it, the whole picture will be present in each piece, but from the unique vantage point of where in the picture the piece came from. And that's how the eyes can follow you. But what this means to us, if the universe is holographic, is first, we all have access to the information in the whole, but from our own perspective. Yeah, I think that's I think that's great. I mean, the analogy, you know, you, you run analogies off of those facts, and you're looking at a whole different world. If you look in the light electromagnetic spectrum, you know, and and see that as in the same in the same fashion, mm-hmm. then it opens the door to many possibilities. I think this is the threshold beyond which we're looking to to go to take mm-hmm. this. And and more importantly, every person brings a unique piece back to the whole so that everyone's perspective is needed. You know, we won't have a full picture unless everybody participates into the evolution of the whole. So we can't afford to override, reduce, or ignore other people's point of view. Do you remember, Cynthia, um, when we... Uh, do we have time to say this before um, the next we've got about break? four minutes to break. So. Okay, well, I, just to say this, because I think it's relevant to what mm-hmm. you're saying there, is that I think this was in... 2002, I believe, a presentation I was doing, 2012, sorry, uh, down in Washington, D.C. Uh, Stephen Greer was there, I know, um, and a number of other, you know, quite well-known speakers. And we, we had no communications before the event at all. Mm. Yet each of us arrived on this particular event, being prepared for the first time in each case, mm. and I think about four of us did this, to open up and discuss some personal experiences we had had, each bizarre, each quite extraordinary. Um, but sharing them together was was baffling as to how we had been, almost appeared to be prompted to do it on a timeline. Mm-hmm. It was the first time I had ever spoken about some of the experiences which we're going to be getting into. Stephen Greer did the same. Um, uh, I'm trying to think of the others at, at, at the same time, but uh, it, it was quite profound for us. Mm-hmm. It was the sharedness and the fact that we were sharing an open and honest and coming to tears in many cases that the audience participated in the same way. It opened up 2,000 people to, you know, wanting to get to the microphone to share theirs too. Yeah, and that takes us right into stipulation number three, which is that we are all interconnected. We affect each other even when we don't know it. So each time one of us evolves, the entirety evolves. And that means that you are not alone. And the truth is, none of us makes it unless all of us do. So then stipulation number four, the universe and all parts of the universe are conscious. So the consciousness of a plant, an animal, a rock, an orb in the sky, or a spirit may not be the same as human consciousness, but agreeing that there is consciousness conveys respect and allows for a relationship. And relationships open the door for interaction, exchange, understanding, and growth. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, 
again, looking at the time factor, this is where it's very new to me because I, this is the first time that I've been part of, you know, this kind of discussion is usually an interview and it's not that easy when you're looking at uh, time scales and all the rest of it. But when we're looking at it intelligence, you know, you know, this is really the core of uh, On the Edge of Reality, our last book together. You know, we discussed interaction with another form of consciousness. We call it a higher mind, higher consciousness or orchestrating principle. We also described it as related to UFO and mysterious phenomena. It is for me an intelligence akin to God. At this point, we need to try to define what it is and look at its actions to determine its motivation. My conclusion is that we are interacting with many different minds, multiple intelligences that fall into two groups. There is the mind intelligence of interaction with UFOs, orbs, and those who have died. Then there is the orchestrating force that brings the right people to the right place for interactions to occur. It creates synchronicity and guides our contact with each other as our intentions are coordinated. Say that you know, to say that we are intermingling with just one intelligence is akin to proposing that humans are the only form on, or life form on Earth. Well, I think this is pretty much bringing us into a break um, right about now. I think that that is coming, and so we will, we will follow the last stipulation in after the break. So stay with us. Don't go away. You're going to get all those numbers again, and we will be talking to you soon. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. We all have the inner ability to use the gifts within ourselves to serve ourselves, our families, loved ones, and our communities. Once you have discovered these gifts and talents, you can promote harmony, peace, and hope. To find out how to harness your own gifts and talents, tune in to Get Ready. Get ready for your breakthrough with host Felicia A. Hill, live every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time and 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Listen and share with others. Moving forward can be difficult to do sometimes. There is always something going on. Many times, nobody else knows exactly what you're going through. If you are experiencing pain or loss, even something that is unexplained that is missing in your life, you'll want to tune into Go For It with host Joe Hausman. Joe and her guests will show you laughter and love. Sometimes you just need something a little positive in your week. Make that spot Tuesday mornings at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. This is Exploring Beyond the Edge. To reach Dr. Cynthia Andrews or her guest today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to energyexplorations at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. So welcome back to the show. And so remember that you can add to this discussion, not only on the numbers that were just given, but afterwards, if you want to continue the conversation with other people, 
then join our private Facebook group, Explorations in Energy, or visit my website, explorationsinenergy.com, um, and see all the different ways that we are kind of connecting people together. Um, so before break, we went through four stipulations, which I will quickly go through. These are things we are agreeing as true in order for this conversation. So one, everything is a vibration. Two, the universe is holographic. Three, we're all interconnected. Four, the universe and all parts of it are conscious. And now five, our bodies are designed to perceive frequencies. And this is obvious in terms of our ability to see different frequencies of light and hear different frequencies of sound. But in addition, our bodies are innately wired to perceive and interact with more vibrational frequencies than our current technology can measure, the frequencies of subtle energy. And our bodies are the instrument we will be developing in this radio program to engage subtle energy reality. So energy awareness is natural. It's innate. Everybody has it. We're wired for these experiences. Um, So, you know, as we go through the next few weeks and we develop the sensitivity in our body, it starts by simply being present in the moment inside our bodies and you know for a lot of people bodies are not comfortable places to be we're haunted by our minds we're haunted by our unprocessed emotions we're haunted by the pain in our body but we're going to um, learn different ways of factoring those things out so that we can hear the messages our body is giving us about the surrounding energy world and so the language that the body uses um, to inform us of energy reality is something I call felt perceptions. And so I'm going to really quickly share a story to describe what felt perceptions are because it's easier to describe it and then go into the conversation. So it was the summer of 1980. I was sitting in the driver's seat of a rental car pulled to the side of the road next to a phone booth on a deserted street outside of Toronto. It was five in the morning. My colleague and I, I belong to um, Greenpeace, and my colleague and I had been out all night trying to track a train that was transporting uranium from Saskatchewan to Montreal and eventually en route to Russia. So we're on the side of the road. My colleague is in the phone booth, and he's, you know, talking to the guys at headquarters, and I'm sitting in the car resting my head against the steering wheel, completely exhausted and just kind of daydreaming. And then suddenly... For no apparent reason, I was just overwrought with physical agitation. My stomach was upset, my muscles were tight, and I became unreasonably angry, just overwhelmingly angry. And the thought ran through my head that I had to get out of the car. So, you know, I put it aside and I just tried to rest, um, but I couldn't do it. There was a whole other wave of physical agitation, mental distraughtness and irrational anger so at this time I listened and I responded and I jumped out of the car and I marched across you know I marched in front of the car to the phone booth and as I'm approaching the phone booth my friend has turned to watch my approach and he looks over my shoulder and I see his mouth fall open as he's lifting a finger and pointing and I turn and silently over the hill behind us had come a van, and I turned just as it plowed directly into the back of my car. So the car leaps forward, the back is crumpled, the doors are burst off their hinges, and I'm standing there three seconds 
away from having been in it. And certainly, I mean, it's the 1980s. I wasn't wearing seatbelts, most certainly then. So it was an utterly surreal moment. And what, you know, I wanted to say about that is that the felt perceptions, what a felt perception is, you know, like my body knew the van was coming and it gave me these these signals to get out of the car. And so felt perceptions are a triad, triad of a mental thought, an emotional feeling, and physical sensations that arrive together and combine to convey information. They seem to come from nowhere. They're independent of what appears to be happening. I mean, I was just sitting quietly daydreaming. I was completely unaware of impending danger. So... Dean Radin is a scientist who researches telepathy, and he's done experiments that show that people um, feel a coming event three to six seconds before the event happens. So he measures changes in the subject's bodies, such as blood pressure, perspiration, and other physiologic changes, as he's showing them pictures of various scenes. And about six seconds before a picture is shown, the subject begins to have a physiological change. So, Radin suggests that events have a bow wave and that we perceive the bow wave of the event before the event occurs. And if we're paying attention to our body, I would say that that coming event is transmitted through our felt perceptions. So, next week we're going to look more closely at what felt perceptions are. And um, we're going to look at how to clear our body so that we can feel them more and keep our bodies tuned, but actually, right now, it looks like we have a caller. Um, can we bring our caller in? I think the following, Dawn, um, I'll add something to what you just said, but uh, if you want to take your caller. Yes, I'm here. Yeah, I'm here. Hi, Dawn. Hey, Colin, it's Dawn Christian from the West Coast. How are you and Cynthia? Well, I'm sure we're both very well, and I hope you are too, Dawn. I'm sorry I heard not so long ago you've been through a fair bit down there. The thank you for yeah, calling in. Well, I, uh, you know, it's just where we're all supposed to be, I guess, at this point on the path. So, um, yeah. I just want to send you guys good energy. But I was just most fascinated a minute ago about the term bow wave. Wow, mm -hmm. I'd never heard that, mm -hmm. and that's kind of resonating. So, yeah. uh, I, I've had a ton of near-death experiences. I could go on and on. I just wanted to call in and say it's so nice to hear both of your voices again. Because I've been out here in the wilderness a long time. So, anyway, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sign off and listen. And well, by uh, all means, Don, sorry interrupting before we lose you there. By all means, please do come in on other programs and maybe share some of those experiences you've had. Thank you for being so supportive yeah. uh, on Facebook, incidentally. I, yeah, I don't know if you heard. I just heard an hour ago that Bob Dean passed away four days ago. Oh, I am so sorry. I have known yeah, just recently he was, that he wasn't well. He, I know. Uh, you know, he was, him and Wendell were two of my go-tos, just like you and Cynthia have been. Just the few people that have really been cutting the, you know, being the bow wave of consciousness. <laughs> for the, for <laughs> there you are. There you are. That's what must go on my gravestone then, Don. <laughs> I'm a bow wave. Wow, wow, wow. In all seriousness. You, I, I, yeah, I, all this is really good stuff. I'm going to sign off and peace and love to you both. Thank Thanks you very so much. much. Thank you, Don. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That's very nice. Yeah, that was really nice. Do I have time just to add to what you were yeah, saying? Yeah, no, go right ahead. Um, yeah, it's, it's really supportive 
evidence that came through the neuroscience research conducted by, uh, I think it was Professor John Dylan Haynes at the Bernstein Center for Computer Citational Neuroscience down in California there. Uh, they, they were, he and another scientist were looking at uh, the, um, the same situation you were referring to and put their patients into MRIs to look at the brainwave activity at the, you know, the neuron level and the uh, mirror neuron level and discovered that uh, they, they were able to color code reactions from the right hand as a yes, left hand as a no reaction to questions whilst they were in the MRI and discovered that the color coding and the movement of the neuron activity and networking of the neuron activity was able to tell them that the machine to tell them that the individuals were aware of answers to questions that they hadn't yet been asked. So mm -hmm. if the question was more than five seconds long, already the machine was giving the answer before they knew the question. So, you know, you're look, we're looking at this five or six seconds. That is already in our knowledge base. What else exists? What is happening in that space of time between what we perceive as the reality we're living in and what something else is already interacting with us mm. on? So, you know, I, 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 it's a fascinating area for research, and it opens a lot of doors. This is where sharing with people like Don, who has obviously had his own experiences, in sharing these things together, we begin to create a, a, a kind of a social, a re-social engineering scene, you know, where we perceive things differently. Mm, yeah, that's really we grow, interesting. Then we grow. Um, so we have a caller, Marilyn from Pennsylvania. Can we bring Marilyn in? Hello, Cynthia. Hey, Marilyn. How are you? Good. Good evening, Colin. Good evening, Marilyn. Hello. I communicate with you on your Facebook page. Oh, that's nice to hear your voice. Thank you for your support there. Oh, you're welcome. Um, I have a comment to make, and it really is uh, connected to uh, your uh, search stipulation. Uh, uh -huh. We are all interconnected. I do agree with all five of your stipulations, but especially number three, we are all interconnected. Um, I think that in the past year or two, many people have felt and commented to me from various areas that something very bad uh, has been happening, is happening, and will continue to happen. Uh, what do you two uh, think about that? Something very bad you're saying. So you're talking about the political scene of today. That and everything. There's just a feeling in the air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Than it yeah. Was before, like something is wrong. Yeah, yeah, I think that is a really a very widely reported sense that people are having, well, which is one of the reasons we've brought this program together, it, isn't it? Yeah, it is true that that one of the things that one of the things that compelled us because we're I, I'm certainly not a public person. I don't like to um, talk in a public way, but one of the things that is is compelling us. Um, is that we have to begin to develop better ways of connecting with each other because it's only by acknowledging that connection that this bad thing we're all feeling can be averted. And, you know, I really believe in the human spirit. I believe in people. I see people every day. I work with people every day. I believe in them. And I look around at the people who disagree with me and I look for things I love about them because they have something within them um, that's just as important as what I'm carrying. And when we can find that reconnection, then this thing that we're feeling 
becomes a growth edge, becomes a bottleneck that we get through and develop something better and grow out of it rather than something that destroys us. And it's our choice. Is it going to destroy us or is it going to be the bottleneck that creates something better? And we choose it in each moment by deciding what we're going to think and how we're going to connect with and interact with people. Yeah, and I think picking up on what Cynthia has said in your point, Marilyn, is that this term again, these two words, what if, what if what we're sensing, and many people are, whichever part of the political spectrum we're in here, and we don't want that to be the center of all that we're saying, but you know, the, the, looking outside the window, whether you're looking at climate change or whatever, one does get the sense, I think we all agree, I'm sure most people listening would agree that you get the sense that you know, we've got something coming up here, there's a big foot about to come down. Well, what if that is so, and that, that nature is preparing us to come together and to, as a species, as a collective, as a community, together, we're able to begin to move into what if this is right and what should we be doing? I mean, at the end of the day, our health and our well-being, that that we feel comfortable with and are able to joke about in some sense, I mean, to make light of, because you have, you know, you, you, you have seven or eight billion people here that are looking, many of them are looking for guidance through that same sense. And so if we can come together and begin to grow beyond that, that, that sense of depression, that, that it you know exists with that feeling, um, I think that we will be achieving something. You know, Marilyn, I really love this question. And the other thing, that if we agree with stipulation number four, that the universe is conscious, then that means the Earth is conscious too. And yeah. the Earth may have something up her sleeve that we can't even begin to understand. And I don't think that we necessarily know what solutions are out there. But we know that if we act with heart, and if we bring love into our interactions, then it's got to count. Yeah, I, I think perhaps this is the time to just expand a little bit upon this term that I'm sure we're going to be using many, many times in the next 13 or so weeks, and that is consciousness. You know, what is consciousness? Well, I think it's, it's true that you, know, you ask two people, two scientists, whoever, what consciousness is, and we will get um two different answers. In my view, consciousness is the act of awareness, the substance of form, and the force through which we experience life. It is personal and collective. It directs us. It is carried on energy, yet it is not energy as we know it. It is something beyond. When we extend our awareness and intent to use the force of our consciousness, we can manifest and change our surroundings. We are in our full potential when we overcome the demands upon us to fit in and to move to beyond, to find that place where we belong. Not fit in, but belong. That decision might well be the time glass dictating the speed of our spiritual growth and what is holding us back. Are you still there, Marilyn? Yes, thank you very much for your thoughts. Uh, it looks like we have to uh, prepare for the worst and hope for the best. Or, <laughs> that was or, a nice brief way of saying it. You're right, Marilyn. Or prepare, <laughs> <laughs> prepare for growth either way, and prepare to find the deeper part of ourself that is that is you know greater than who we as our personality is, and always strive to to be with that deeper part of ourself. Let's continue to uh, expand make feel comfortable 
and uh, feed into the center uh, a new community, a community which doesn't accept all that's happening and to grow for the good. And uh, very, very uh, pleased to have this opportunity to say hi to the Marilyn that I see so often <laughs> on Facebook. <laughs> Thank well, you, Marilyn. That sounds good, and I'll see you tomorrow on Facebook. <laughs> Will do. Thank you very much. Have a good evening. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Oh, that is an interesting question, and it is one that we hear a lot, is the angst that people are feeling, and, and you know, whether it's because they feel the um, almost desperation. I mean, we live very close to wildlife here on our little farm, and we have something of a sanctuary feel, and animals kind of trust us in a deeper way than I've experienced before, certainly. Um, and you know, there is the feeling through how the animal behaviors are changing, almost like the vibration of the bees in the hive have shifted somehow, that that everything is preparing for, you know, to, to deal with the folly of humankind. Yeah. But I, what I want to put out and what I really want us to think about is that humans are not the pinnacle of evolution. We are the most nascent species on the planet. We are the youngest species here. And we have a lot to learn in all of nature all of nature is trying to help us learn it. And so rather than, um, you know, drop back into into despair and depression, let's connect with nature and see what nature has to teach us about the times that we're in. Sure. And so, yeah, I think yeah. we're coming to the, up to another break. I can't believe time is going so fast. So um, we are going to um, come back in a little bit and talk some more, and um, we'll be talking soon. We'll have a break. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Being here with Ariel and Shia Kane is an ordinary person's guide to modern-day enlightenment. This show is an exciting exploration that opens the door to living in the moment. Don't miss Being Here. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 p.m. Eastern Time with award-winning authors Ariel and Shia Kane right here on the Empowerment Channel. It's time for you to take a sweet and honest look at your life. Tune into Living Within the Sweet Spot with your host, Nikki Klegel. Each week, Nikki invites you to call into the program where she will connect with each listener to show the power of God's love in every unique instance. There are gracious gifts and elements of power within each one of us. You just need to discover them and find your life's purpose. Live healthier and happier. Listen every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Empowerment. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. 
Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417. Or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. This is Exploring Beyond the Edge. To reach Dr. Cynthia Andrews or her guest today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to energyexplorations at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Hi, welcome back to the program. Thanks for sticking around with us. Um, and, you know, please do call in. I'm so surprised we haven't heard from Amanda from Hartford. Um, she usually <laughs> follows the things that we do, but here we are. And, you know, one of the things that's that's most important and that I hear a lot from different people is that they don't trust their bodies, that, that the felt perceptions I'm talking about, they don't know how to trust that because... Um, you know, they're angry all the time, so how can they tell when anger is telling them to do something? Or um, they're always having stray thoughts, and how do they know when that stray thought means something? And, you know, that brings us to, to the truth that, that in order to really use this instrument that is our body, we have to do a little bit of work. We have to process our emotional baggage so that anger isn't the first way that we feel when when um, something we don't like is happening so that instead we can be curious like I feel so incredibly lucky in my life that with all of the challenges I had in my childhood the one thing that my family always stood for was encouraging curiosity and it's because of that that I live a very different life <laughs> than other people. Drastically different. <laughs> perhaps, um, perhaps that wasn't such a good thing. No, no, I'm joking. Um, so, so um, I forgot where I was. Well, I'll, I'll, if I can, I'll just yeah. jump in there, if I can, to say that um, you know the, the fact that you know if if any of the energy um, reality as you perceive it to be is credible. Uh, and and it is. I've seen and kind of tested it in my own way since we came together, you know, like what, 25 years or so ago. I often wonder about this, that how could it be that when I first discovered in a normal day, in, in a normal life, a normal guy doing a normal job, and seeing that those five circles forming, however they got there. I mean, remember, this is now 35 years ago I'm talking about as far as that experience was concerned. In that 35 years, we've moved beyond what if this was UFO, what if this was it was this or that or whatever. We have a, a very larger, much larger understanding, a better understanding of what's behind the crop circle phenomena, and we're going to get into that much more detail in another program. But, however... It got there. What, why was it that I, on my normal day, took a half-second glance to my left, down into an amphitheater, and saw these five circles, and it changed, literally, half a second changed my life. It changed what I was doing in my profession, mm -hmm. my country, uh, 
everything, everything about my life changed right there. And, and yet, vehicles behind me that were having to go around me as I pulled my vehicle off the road, I was watching them. You know, I'm looking at this extraordinary thing with no tracks across the field. And I'm looking at them. They glance left because I'm parked there. And they carried on. And so what was the difference between it throwing switches, almost like feeling as if they were preset inside of me, mm-hmm. that changed everything for me? I walked down into that field, as we've discussed many times, and the, the feedback I'm getting, and it's only, I, don't, I very rarely speak about this, but I'm stood there, and I'm feeling and sensing and thinking. And, you know, the rational engineer, that's, that was my job, to resolve certain problems, most, you know, in the electrical spectrum. But I'm looking at it and I'm wondering, how could those plants be bent like that? How were there no tracks here? How, what is the sound I'm hearing of plants that are clicking as they're unweaving themselves and trying to lift back up to the sun? So all of this is being, is coming, is being fed into me and it's changing my reality because i'm you know i'm not only perceiving or trying to perceive what i'm looking at Mm. the what ifs were every 10 seconds Mm -hmm. what if this what if that and each one of those what ifs was pursued over many years to reach the place we are now it was it was forced upon me Mm. by you know activity that, that we saw witnessed and monitored that moved us on to the ufo and ultimately to consciousness itself Yes, and so the what if, instead of bringing you to a conclusion, opened the curiosity door, opened it to more questions and to more more engagement. And that engagement and the interaction, the exchange of energy within that engagement made you grow and made you become someone more. Yeah. And that, I think, is the real yeah. exciting key. And we do have another caller. We have Amanda from Oregon, if you're there and would like to... Um, chime in please do hello it's amanda from oregon hi amanda hi amanda we were expecting you to call in Um, from harford but it's a pleasure to have you however you have arrived (laughs) well i did tell the uh, person who took the call it was amanda from hartford but i've (laughs) recently moved uh so it's amanda from oregon oh you have i heard amanda no matter what (laughs) <laughs> well, we're we're happy that you know. I knew you had some questions for us, so I'm glad you did call through. Well, first of all, it's just lovely to be across the country and listening to the two of you, and um, much success and thumbs up. And it's wonderful that you've decided to give the world uh, a chance uh, through this venue to hear your wisdom and and I just love you both. My thank you. Is, That's kind of you, Amanda. Thank you. Just can't help it, Colin. <laughs> um, with respect to felt perceptions, mm-hmm. I was curious if there is some hierarchy in way in the way that the body receives uh, the different modes of um, reception. Uh, for is for example, um, you know, does emotional fit into a certain place? after maybe a physical awareness and is the last level um the mind so consciously embracing the thought i've got to get out of the car 
very interesting. Yeah, question. that is a that is an interesting question. I you know what I would say is I think that they are simultaneous, but perhaps the one that is slowest for us to um, respond to is is the mind. And if we look at the amygdala of the brain and how the brain processes emotion, um, certainly emotional information is faster and and more immediately present. Um, but I think it is. For me, I think it's pretty simultaneous. Yeah, I, I would add a, a little that um, I do think the door, that I would call it, um, express it as the door to belief. You know, that, that, that we there are individuals, as Cynthia was opening the program with, that will say, no, there's no chance. It's not this, it's not that, it's a load of nonsense, whatever, whatever. But when, when you reach a position which is new ground, new territory, and you're pre- prepared to consider you know, a, a door opening and to, to, to open to the possibilities of something unusual happening, uh, it, you know, you open the door to, to real events. And the example would be uh, with dowsing, uh, where a, a dowser, you know, which is something that I've perfected myself and many other way better than myself, um, you know, it's real, it works. I mean, it's, you know, I've worked with engineers that use it before they use machines. Uh, instrumentation and you know we know the native peoples of course find water and other things through dowsing rods but i've been with media doing television programs you know over many years in many places where they will often see us dowsing was pat delgado myself and busty taylor initially uh, would want to have a go because they're putting it on camera and they want to have a go. They think, you know, well, that's a, it's not, you know, they're they're making those rods do that. There's some the trickery involved, and it's when it happens to them, we notice this, that if they are very skeptical and they have no belief that of the possibility of the potential for this to happen, the body doesn't permit it to happen, or at least I shouldn't say that it doesn't happen. In other words, it doesn't work. The, the, the belief that it can, the open-mindedness, which is really what I think is so you know, important and instrumental in growth, is to allow things to, to happen, allow things to happen. I don't know whether I'm putting that particularly well, but I think that's, um, that's, that's the way I would uh, certainly see one condition. Well, that would, also, that would imply um, an expansion of oneself in order to grasp a whole new possibility of everything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yes, I'd agree with that. I agree with that too. And you know, um, Amanda, I was thinking in regards to your original question is that each of us um, has a different mode of perception that's stronger than the other, which is the the basis of the intuitive index that is on on my website, the test that people can take to understand how they intuitively receive information. And so maybe which which part of the felt perception comes first or is most important depends on what propensity that person has for um, you know the way that they receive information. Interesting. I just uh, downloaded the intuitive test or evaluation assessment. And uh, it's very comprehensive. And oh, I great. Think, um, at the end of it, um, even the questions prompt a lot of self-examination. Um, it'll be fun to do that. And, and what will come of it? What will you do with, what shall we do with the information? Yeah, actually, you're feeding right into my next question. So I'm so glad you called for <laughs> 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 my next subject. <laughs> in that what we are going to be doing next week is um, we're going to further develop 
this idea of felt perceptions and go through, you know, what are these physical sensations that we, you know, and, and how are the emotions and, and really look at emotions and how to, how to clear ourselves from, um, you know, emotional residue that, that confuses and clouds and how to let go of, of beliefs that get in the way of, um, you know, curiosity. And so we're going to be doing some of that next time and we're going to look at how intuitive information is received energetically through the energy structures of the body which plays back to that intuitive index test so we're going to go through the index itself and the different um parts of it and then you'll be able to say well this is my index and we'll explore it and kind of figure out um how you can best develop your intuition given the index score that you got well perhaps it was a felt perception that i asked the question (laughs) give yourself some brownie points (laughs) I wonder if I could just sow a seed go right ahead I'm going to sow a seed and and the seed really to run off maybe some of the most of the material that we've covered this evening in our discussions with callers and and ourselves is this concept uh, that we are on a critical crossroads, but with another intelligence. Uh, you know, those that have followed much of my work, certainly in the last few years, will we'll hear perhaps almost to boredom the term that I use, the chess player. This is, for me, um, a, a, an analogy, I guess, uh, to the intelligence of a human being playing chess to clear the board by moves that are made ahead. And, you know, the the concept here is that we're standing on this critical crossroads. I don't think now, even when we wrote the the book 2012, you know, people doubted the the, the thinking behind that. But but, but we, but we, we got there. Here we were at a crossroads in multiple changes, multiplex of changes. Well, here we have on this crossroads. Uh, viewed, uh, I guess, in part as the end of some form of natural cycle, but which is intrinsically interconnected with planet Earth. Our consciousness and an an unknown intelligence, which I'll say is akin to God, isn't akin to whatever you want to fill that word in with. That intelligence is an organizing force and has purpose. Uh, I could go on and maybe we'll cover more of that uh, in another program. And that's good because we're pretty much at the end of this program with one minute left. And, you know, thank you all so much for hanging in there and and being part of the program. Thank you, Amanda from Oregon. Thank you, everybody. And, you know, so many people have asked why I agreed to host. And and the short answer is because um, it's time. You know, I really believe that we are all on a quest and we're on a quest from the time that we're born to understand ourselves, our lives and how we fit into greater reality. And sometimes, you know, the steps we take on this quest, we call our path, and the truths we uncover, we call our purpose. Um, You know, but for me, there's only one purpose, and that is to be fully and totally and completely ourselves, so that what we feed back to the hologram is something worth recording. And authentic expression is what is called for at this time, and that is what I hope this program supports people in doing. So please come back next week, and we'll be talking more about these subjects. And join our private Facebook group, Explorations in Energy. And don't forget, you can reach Colin at www.colinandrews.net or on Facebook. And so thanks so much. We'll see you next week. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Thank you 
so much for joining us today. Exploring Beyond the Edge is heard every Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until our next program, Dr. Cynthia Andrews wishes you a great week.